Bam, we're live. Boom. When I knew Rob, he had my hair and I had his hair. And for so <laughs> we traded wigs. Yeah, so no, I know. You stole my hair and you used to have this hair. Look at this thing. Short and tight. and. But it's got it's nice and salt and pepper, though. It looks good. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That pay, You pay extra for that, for that kind of work, super cut work. Yeah, it looks good. Looks good, pal. Uh, so I, before we start with, uh, Rob Orlando, I just want to tell you guys that, uh, most of you will not and cannot have a successful podcast career like me because you just aren't as cool as fucking me. And so you should probably go to barbelljobs.com and get a real job. And, uh, until you're, um, have met enough people and can run a successful podcast like me that makes $25 a day on YouTube, which is enough to keep my family afloat. Thank you. Rob, what's up, dude? How you doing, Savon? Good. That was a great intro. Thank you. I, you got to take care of the sponsors. You got to treat them right. Rob, yeah. what's your what's your Instagram? Even though you don't use that shit. At- yeah, I don't. That's actually uh, it's CrossFit Robo is my Instagram, and then I also have Hybrid Athletics. Uh, so those are the two. Does that look right? That's the one. It's great having me on the show. You don't have to worry about like doing any of this, like before the show like no one can yell at you for being sloppy or just i wouldn't yell at you anyway oh thank you but i mean like if if, if like if you were my boss you would like yeah. dude can't get that shit figured out before the show starts yeah uh what i do take seriously though is the fact that you're giving your time it's uh 10 a.m on the eastern side of the united states that's where you're at right yes sir how is the um eastern side of the united states i hear uh, are you in, are you in massachusetts no, we're in Connecticut, which is it's uh, it's like New York City and Boston's Grundle. Um, you know, okay, that's it's Connecticut. There's 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 a there's a sign when you're you're driving down 95 um, coming from Rhode Island into Connecticut. There's a strong a sign on the highway that says attractions, and there's nothing underneath it. Oh, that's perfect. Is that on purpose so people won't stop? I there's just there's nothing here. There's nothing here except you know lots of trees. Um, and, and, um, you know, that there's, there's not much going on here. I think most of you know who Rob is or have some idea. You don't know who he is, but like in your, in your, in your brain, you you have him compartmentalized in this identity. I met Rob, uh, I I think I was at Tanya Wagner's house. Um, I know Rob has heard the story a thousand times. I was at Tanya Wagner's house and, uh, this was 2008 or nine, and we were looking at the profiles of some of the CrossFit Games athletes. What what year was that? What year was your was your first year in the games? 2009? 2009, Yeah. Yeah. So it must have been two thousand eight or early two thousand nine before the CrossFit Games. And we were looking at profiles. And I think I had Dave Castro on the phone. And I and I think Carrie and Josh Wagner and Tanya Wagner and Dave and I. Dave was on speakerphone, and Carrie Peterson and I were looking at Rob's profile. And we were in Pennsylvania at the time, or uh, just outside of Philly at Tanya's house. And we were looking at Rob's profile, and we were all laughing like that there could actually be a profile like this. Like this guy doesn't think we're going to come up and check his shit because it just all the numbers look like lies. Well, to us. yeah. So yeah, and then you you actually cold called me and said, "Hey, um, we're we're close by." Um, can we swing by and, and, uh, you know, hang out for a day? Yeah, sure. Um, so you and Carrie came up, you filmed a class at, at the original hybrid athletics and, uh, you know, then we spent some time, we did a workout, went out to lunch. Um, and I think the whole thing was, was just you trying to figure out if I was bullshit or not. 
Correct. <laughs> and, and it was awesome because none of the numbers were lies and Rob put on a crazy show. And over the years on .com, we saw crazy things. I think one time, Rob, did you front squat or back squat 200 pounds for 100 reps or something or body uh, weight? That was bat, body weight back squat. So it was 205 for 102 consecutive reps. Yeah. And you would, and he would do all sorts of um, things like that, that um, he would probably tell you now don't do. Yeah. No, like I, I there's, there was a, some of them in, that were, you know, they were just fun circus tricks, like one arm Fran. That was another one. Uh, I did the, the thrusters with my left hand, I think, and the pull-ups with my right hand. Um, you know, th those, they don't leave a mark, but a hundred uh, consecutive back squats at your body weight. I would never, I would never tell or encourage anyone to do that. What year did you do that? That was probably in, uh, 2010, I would say, because it was right before, um, yeah, it was probably 2010. Are you recovered? It's been 11 uh, years. Just yesterday. I finished. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, what, what do you think about all the all the pr the protein guys right now? Are, have you seen this guy Liver King? You're, since you're not on social media, you might see it. Have you seen this guy Liver King pop up on the scene? I have. Uh, there's a couple of guys in my gym that you know, as kind of a goof, they send me stuff of his. Um, and you know, I, I it's I'm not on social media. I really don't pay attention much at all. I kind of put out the content that I need to. Uh, for business purposes, but I'm not, I, I try to stay off of it because it, I just think it's mostly poison. But um, the, that guy liver King is, I mean, uh, it, he's, he's got a thing going, I guess. It's a, it's, it's a, I mean, from the outside looking in, he's fully embraced it. I knew about him years ago before I had ever seen him. I had started, uh, I had I started the carnivore diet because of Paul Saladino, the carnivore MD. Mm -hmm. And I basically used the carnivore diet to get completely off of sugar. I, I had heard that if I went into ketosis, that my body would, that I would stop craving sugar and I had to figure out how to do it. So I just tricked myself by saying, okay, I can eat as much meat and hard cheese as I want. And after two weeks I went into ketosis and it was crazy at night. I, all my cravings for carbs just like vanished. It was it's nuts. Gone. And and it just switched to uh, fat. It was like so liberating. I wish I would have done, done it in my thirties, but it, but it was hard. It was a tough two weeks. And then, um, and then after a few months, something wasn't right. Uh, my hands didn't feel right. My feet didn't feel right. My heart wasn't functioning right. I could tell something wasn't right. And um, I had Paul on the podcast, Paul Saladino, I think. And he started telling me about his supplements, the heart and soil and the ancestral supplements. And it's basically, I'm going to say the word wrong. It's basically dried organ meat. There's a word for it. Is it desecrated? The fuck does desecrate mean? Desecrate, is, it's, it's, uh, it's a derogatory word. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope it's not desecrated, <laughs> desecrated to treat with violent disrespect. Nah, it's not desecrated meat. Come on. Someone in the comments, t tell me what this is. De what, what is this? De 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 not dehydrated. De de no, not dehydrated. Thank you, Will. I appreciate it. 7.07 a.m. You're coming in strong for me. Anyway, and, and right away within hours, I was feeling better. And basically, as I studied more, that there's basically shit that you need and you can get it from organ meat. And um, desiccated. Thank you, thank you, Renata Novan. Is that really your name? That's Renata. Renata. Is that one? That's one of my members. Oh, really? Awesome, yeah. Renata Novan Novantana. She's awesome. Is she She's Indian? Superstar. No, 
She's uh, from Europe. Wow, that's an inc- that's a perfect name. She should be like a tennis player. She's one of the strongest females in our gym. That's awesome. Well, thank yep. you. And and, she, and her brain functions better than mine. <laughs> Desiccated. What did I say? Desecrated. <laughs> oh God, I hope my mom isn't listening. I'm letting her down. Anyway, and now this guy's just eating balls on on Instagram. Have, did you? Did someone send you that where he's just got the fresh set of cow balls and he's eating them? No, I mean I've seen him take bites into stuff before, and uh, you know it's it's uh, it's not for me. It's not for me. You're not tempted at all. No. Um, the big bowl of raw liver with some salt and and and, and maple syrup. They probably make you could probably get the maple syrup from the trees at your house. Just poke it. <laughs> just put a little tap in. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I gotta tell you like the, the way I eat, the way I kind of, uh, I live these days, it's, it's really, it, it's so simple and it's doable and, and it's not, um, I'm, I'm just every bit of a regular person and there's no, there's nothing special about anything that I do anymore. It's, um, you know, there, I, there's no eating to perform. There's no, it's just try to be balanced, try to, try to do, try to eat a little bit of this, a little bit of that, um, a decent amount of protein with every meal, but there's no, I haven't counted or done macros or, or, or looked at calories in, in years at this point. Which is kind of hopeful for some people because, um, you used to be fat. I was pretty heavy. Yeah. yeah. You were fat. You were pretty fat. I I was fat. Well, I I had a, I had that, you know, strong as shit, but fat, just like, like a truck with tires that are too big for it. But the guy still thinks it's cool. I look like a TV with hair. What's a TD? A TV with oh, hair. Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So I I I was five foot eight, two hundred and thirty pounds uh, for a long, long time, and um, you know I, I lost a bunch of weight when I started doing CrossFit because I just needed to be healthier. And um, you know, fast forward in my since I started CrossFit in two thousand seven, I've gone up and down in the weight range, but it's usually between 185 and 200. Uh, but now I've been at 193, uh, maybe for four years or so, and it doesn't fluctuate. I can go completely off the rails for weeks at a time. Um, although it never lasts that long and I can rein it in and it plug fluctuates two pounds. It just doesn't move anymore. Are those, are those habits, did that all happen just because over the years you were disciplined, you did fight off cravings, you did, build discipline and habit. Is that why it's like that now? It, it's a weird thing. Like I don't really have cravings. I, like I hear people talk about that and it's, it's not, and, and maybe it's because I was disciplined for so long, but um, I don't have cravings because I don't live without anything. There's nothing that I'm like, Oh, I want that. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to deny myself that I, like I eat a bagel every day. I have rice. I drink beer. I drink way too much vodka. Um, you know, I'm, 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 literally a normal person that I, like, I don't, I am not dialed into, uh, any constraint at all. So there's no real craving there. I don't, it's not like I, I, I don't, I don't crave candy. I'm not a sweets guy. I just, um, I'm much more into like, if you give me a, a loaf of bread with butter, like that's, that's my go-to stand back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, like I, I don't, I, I just don't, I don't really have cravings. I don't, it doesn't make a connection with me. Are you, are you training hard still? Very. Yeah. It, it, what is it? Is that from uh, mental health issues or? It's just, that's what I like to do. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I like to, um, I still lift heavy most of the time. Um, 
I, I, I breathe heavy a lot. I do a lot of burpees. Um, you know, so I, I still, I still train really hard, but the, it's interesting. The, the further I get away from the competition side of things, the more, um, the, the less I compete with anybody at the gym. I'm just not interested. I just want to go and, and beat myself down a little bit and be, you know, a, a fraction of a percent better than I was yesterday. Yeah, me too. I like to do burpees too. I like to beat myself down with burpees too. Yeah. I really like them. What, do you know why you like them? Um, I, you know, I, I don't know other than like, it's, it's a, a simple movement that everybody should be doing through old age, right? Get down, get up um, and, and do it over and over and over. And, and I think there's probably some interesting metaphors in there, but um, you know, the, I just think that it's, it's an easy thing to, to plunk into any workout and, and you can change the, the intensity of the workout pretty quickly. Um, what time do you work out at? All over the place. Ever early in the morning? Yeah. Yep. How old are you? 46, almost 47. You can do that. You can get up like at, at six, have a cup of coffee and work out. Yeah. Damn. I can't do that. Um, something will break. Like when I, whenever I do that, I'm, I'm, I like injure myself. So, um, on Thursday, just a couple days ago, um, I had to coach the six thirty class and six thirty AM class. So I got up at five 30, um, I had a cup of coffee, got to the gym. Um, and the workout was devil's press and, um, 200 meter runs with a little devil's bit of press is burpees with dumbbells. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Devil's press and, and, uh, and, and what was the rest? Sorry, I interrupted you. Devil's pressing what? And 200 meter shuttle runs. Um, and you had to, so it was, it was a one minute AMRAP devil's press right into a minute rest. And then uh, a 200 meter shuttle run followed by a minute of rest. And you had to repeat that until you got to 65 reps on the devil's press. Um, and the, the run, just because I think it, you know, it was 200 meters. It wasn't all that long strapped on a vest for the run just to make it a little bit more burden. Um, and I, I actually improved on my, cause I've done this before. So I improved on my time from last time by quite a bit. Um, so, and that's at six 30 in the morning. And then I jumped on my dirt bike and rode my dirt bike for hours. And I think we did 60 miles that day. Holy um, cow. Yeah. So like, I, and I try to, <sighs> I've been getting more and more into the dirt bike thing and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty physical, which is, it's good for me to get out of the gym and do something physical. Are you retired from CrossFit? No. Like, are you, uh, are you independently wealthy? Uh, negative. Uh, I still work. Uh, I still get up really early and I still, um, I'm creating a bunch of things and I've got some products in the hopper and I've got some things that I've launched and, um, there's, there's always something going on. Yeah. But, 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 Hmm, maybe I'm not asking it right, but something is right. If you're able to get up in the morning, work out and ride your, your motorcycle 60 miles, something's right. Yeah, no, I, this is by far and away the, the best position that I've ever been in, in my life on, on all fronts. Okay. Like, like um, you're still married. I'm still married to the, the girl that I was in high school with that we dated awesome. in high school. Right. So we're, uh -huh. we're 23 years. Um, congrats. Thank you. Um, I've got two kids that are, my son is almost 16. My daughter's 12 and a half. Um, both of my kids are really, really smart, straight A students. They're, wow. they, they work out hard. They're focused. 
Um, and most importantly, I think they're, they're polite. Like both of them are really polite, nice kids. Um, you can take them out. They're not dogs that bite or pee on yeah. people's shit at the beach. Yeah, no, they're, they're just nice people. Um, and by the way, if you have nice kids, then you've made it to the 99 yard line. The whole thing you want to be able to do is take your kids out. It's the exact same with the dog. Like, you know, that surfer dude who has the collie that can just run around with no leash and he just listens and jumps in the convertible. If you have good kids, it's that. And you always wanted that dog. That's what good kids is like. Yeah. Like people, a lot of people will leave their kids home when they go to the grocery store. If you have good kids, you're like, Hey, let's go. Cause you, everything is about hanging out with them. If you don't have good kids, and by the way, I think that's your fault. I, I believe oh, my mom just typed in desiccate. Damn. She is listening. <laughs> uh, anyway, congratulations on having good kids. That is, it's huge. It's huge. And, and, and to have good kids on, you, you can't be their friend, but by that, I mean, you have to be their, their leader. And, and, and maybe when you get older, like my, my mom and I are probably like brother and sister now a little bit. Like, I mean, she's still my mom. I adore her. And, and, uh, but, but we're starting to, the relationship can deepen as you get older, but in the beginning, don't get it confused. You're yeah. No. Same. Like if you have a dog, you're their leader. Yeah. And, and my wife and I are, we're the pack leaders, like my, yeah. my wife. And, and that's, it's important that we have that, but both of my, here's the interesting thing. Like, because our kids are, they're, they're turning out to be good, well-adjusted, smart kids. It makes it really easy to be super nice to them. Like yeah. it just, it's not hard to like, I, I don't ever have this inner struggle. Like, Oh man, should I, should I buy my son this dirt bike? I'm like, yeah, he's a straight A student. He works his ass off. He, he goes to study hall. He goes to extra help. Like I, I have no problem doing that because like the, the kids earned it. If he was a dick um, and, and he was getting in trouble and, and I was had, I had to ride him all the time, then the situation might be different, but it's, it's not. So I have no problem you know, just being nice to my kids because they're, they're good kids. Yeah, not, not a dirt bike, but similar with skateboard. Um, my boy rides a skateboard every single day. He, he teaches his brothers. He's easy to get in the car. He's easy to get to the skate park. When I say it's time to leave, he leaves. And then if we're on the way home and he's like, Hey, my skateboard, um, you know, my wheels are done or my, my deck is done. Can we go get a new one? It's easy. Yeah. It's a no brainer. So, it's, it's so easy. Yeah. Yep, it's it's not, it's cool. Cruise by the store. Yeah. Um, so to get back to the, 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 the point of like, are you in a position in your life where you can please. ride your dirt bike on a Thursday? So, um, you know, COVID was interesting. Um, I had uh, a location that did you get it? No, I have, oh. uh, at least that I know of, I, I haven't, I haven't. You've been it. running from it and hiding from it. Quadruple masking. Um, I only, I only go out if I wear five masks. Okay, um, good. Five. Really to do the magic about numbers. you. Yeah. Uh, so, um, COVID was, it, it shut our business down and rather than just roll it up and close it, um, I ended up moving out of that location and moving into a bigger location with one of my friends. So we actually merged our two CrossFit gyms because is this George, George. Yeah. Um, so George, I've known him for, for a long, long time. He's in the CrossFit space and he owned CrossFit Tritown. Um, and we, he had, bigger space than we did. He was in a, a better area than we were. Um, so we migrated our membership into his gym. Um, and for the first time in my life, I had a business partner um, because I, I'd never, I've always been working solo. And um, what I realized is like, George is so easygoing and he's just, is so easy to get along with. Um, 
that I finally had somebody that I could 100% trust and that was shouldering a chunk of the business with me. Um, and all that did was give me access to the creativity to do things differently, right? Because I had somebody else that could carry the gym. I had somebody else that was worrying about paying the rent and he, he pays all the bills and, and I don't even know what the bank account is. Like, it's just that, that part of the business just happens. And I handed it over to somebody that I trust. And that gives me access to, to do other things. Um, so that's where we started launching products and you start looking at things differently. Um, you know, so we're in a position now where we've got a great staff at the gym. The classes are covered. The members are happy. But the business is actually growing. Um, in the last two or three weeks, we've had a, a, a dozen people that have come in to, to just try CrossFit out for the first time. Some are coming from other gyms and, and some are, they've just had it with the gym that they're working out at where they have to wear a mask still. Uh, so the, the, the business is evolving and growing. And, um, and, but that's given me tons of freedom to develop other parts of businesses that I'm into. How long has this been going on? You and George, this George, you and George thing. Yeah. We opened up July of 2020. Have you guys had any fights yet? No, no. I, I mean, I just, I love George, you know, yeah. he's a good dude. He's a good dude. I um, don't know. I don't know. George. No, sure. But I hate this. I, 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 I hate the partnership. There's going to be a fight. There's going to be a falling out. There's going to be a, so. and I'll, I'll there's going to be, it's going to start. He's going to move the dumbbell rack over to a place you don't like it. And then, and then, and then he's, you're going to be like, Hey, I, I saw you closed early the other day. And then he's going to be like, well, I saw that you took some of the equipment home. And then next thing you know, you guys are fucking hate each other. Okay. Well, I, I, I here's the argument against that. Okay. Um, is that George has a, a second business. George regrets DMing me now and, and, <laughs> and me having you on the show. No, so George has a separate business where he does a lot of engraving uh, for groomsmen gifts and stuff like that. And and that business has exploded in the last 24 months. Like when when I was- Doing uh, tombstones for COVID deaths. <laughs> yeah. Um, so during, during the last two years, that business has exploded and he's had to put more and more focus on that part of the business. Um, the The thing that's- the the reason why I say I don't think there's going to be a split up or a fight is because neither one of us actually relies on the income from the gym for our, our personal lives. So the, the gym is just, it's almost like a, a project and it's just, it, it functions on its own and every, like everything is growing, which is great. If, if, if it makes $1, awesome. If it makes more money, even better. But because we don't need it financially, um, it lowers the stress level to a point that's way below boiling point. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Now I just see if the gym becomes super successful, it'll come, it'll reach to a boiling point. Shit. I, um, I just got a text from Brian friend saying, what the fuck? You didn't send me a link. Do you know who Brian friend is? I don't. He's the, he's, I don't know. I, I know who he is. I don't know what he is. I can't tell if he's the co-host of this show or not. I mean, he's kind of the co-host of this show. We clearly don't have a good of a working relationship. Look at me. I'm 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 looking for holes in yours and George's relationships. And and I just got a text from Brian saying, What the fuck? Yeah, your partner's waiting for you. I know well, I didn't send him a link because I never know what shows he wants to come on and what she doesn't. I, I guess I should just default sending him links. I text him this morning because we have Sarah Sigmund's daughter on tomorrow. Yep. And I text him uh, I text him this morning saying, Are you coming on the show? 
Let's see what happens. Let's see. Oh shit. He's pissed. No, he well, maybe he's pissed, but but uh Sarah just texted me and said she's not coming on tomorrow. Oh boy. How's Tuesday the 30th at 7 a.m.? Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was easy. Ay, ay, ay. Um, okay. Okay. I, um, how do you, how do your members feel? Did they freak out? Um, so when we left the, our location and moved in with George, I think we probably had somewhere around 70 members, 75 members all in. Um, and it's, this is interesting. This is, this gives you an idea of, of my outlook on things at the time. So when I sat down and I, I put together the actual roster of our membership and I, and I put down, um, I gave everybody a yes or a no on whether I thought that they would come with us or not. They would make the move because it was a 15 mile difference. From just you difference. guessing, just you just guessing. Me guessing, like spitballing okay. saying, all right, let me, let me, of the 75, how many people do I think will make the, the transition? Um, and I had 17 was my number out of the 75 and we ended up moving over 50. Oh, wow. So, it, but you know, the, the, the position that I was in kind of the mindset that I was in was, you know, it's all over. Um, well, that's good because then it's only up from there, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, I was just shocked. Now it, when, once we moved, there was some attrition, you know, just because people realized this is a little bit too far, but we still hung on to quite a few of our members that are, you know, they've, they're as loyal as they ever have been. So I, I go to the, the place, well, in the fourth grade, my school cut, shut down and I had to go to a different school and it was weird going different to a different school. All the kids migrated up to that school because it was their school. Yeah. And, um, and, and the same, if, if, uh, the jujitsu studio that my kids go to, um, you know, minimum three days a week, it's not just a, it, it's not like if whole foods closed down and I just go to a different one. It's not like yeah. that at all. It's, it's, yeah. um, I feel like I own it. Yeah. Well, it's, you know what it's I mean? Like much, if I walked in there and there was trash on the ground, I would pick it up. Like yeah, my it's kids much go more there. personal. The, the yeah. connection is, is way more personal. Yeah. And so then now all of a sudden there, it's kind of like um you, those are your kids in, in a way and you moved, um, those are your kids and you got a divorce and, and you took your kids and moved in with the, with a new wife and now they're just like, or a new husband and they're like, what the fuck? Yeah, what what are we doing here? Yeah, we got to get a new bedroom. We got their stairs in this house. But I guess you're saying that they transitioned good. They did, and I, I think part of that is because at, at the time, everybody did a bunch of your staff start boning a bunch of his staff. No, the, the I mean clients. Is, there, no. Um, anyone get married yet from your your team to their team? Get anyone pregnant? No, not yet. Oh, no, right. not yet. But that might happen. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, you have to keep the narrative going unless that shit happens. <laughs> so I, I think when they closed us down in uh, mid-March, they closed all gyms down. Um, so we were full remote and we just- 2020? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they closed us down and for months we were on Instagram, just doing Instagram live where I would lead the warm up. I would basically teach a virtual class. Um, and I, at the same time I was, uh, renting out all of our equipment. So I would drive around from place to place all day long. And, and this guy wants a, a, an assault bike. This guy wants some dumbbells. And so I, I was like an ice cream man, literally just delivering things all day long, trying to keep things afloat. Um, so when we said, Hey, we're going to move in with this other, uh, gym, I think 
people were so thrilled to just get back in a gym and not be working out in their living room um, that we could have told them we were doing anything and they would have said, whatever, let's just go, let's just do whatever we have to do so that we can work out again. Um, and I, I, so I think that the bar was set pretty low. We didn't have to do a whole lot. All we had to do was open the doors. Do you still live in the same house that you lived in when I met you? Uh, no, like different thousand? house, different yeah. house, yeah, uh, same and- town. Why did you move? Um, we wanted a yard where we were. We just didn't have a yard. So you upgraded. We, yeah, we've got a, a yard, and you know, we we live in a um, we live actually just a couple hundred yards from where I grew up. And is it a nice house? It's a nice house. Yeah. And a good yard, and your kids like it. We have a great yard that, and it goes right down to a golf course, and you know, it's it's a nice spot. And um, and your kids have their own bedroom. They do. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah you're doing it. Um, Rob, when I met you in, in 2009, you already had your own gym? Yeah, and uh, we opened. It was I kind of like up. underground. It was half underground and half above ground, right? There were like yeah. windows were on the ceiling. Yep. Yeah, it was a, basically an underground space. Um, and And I sold that. I closed that in, I think we made it 10 years, so 2008. Uh, so I opened it in 2008 and, and I sold it in, uh, or closed it in 2018. And, and why did you open a gym and what did you do before then for, for a living? Yeah. So, um, personal training, uh, it's, I've always been, um, self-employed. And, uh, so I came out of college and I started personal training. I was commuting to the city from Stanford, Connecticut to New uh, York city. Yeah. Um, so I was hopping on the first train out every morning, um, going down to the city and training people and then, um, got lucky enough that like right across the street from where I was living at the time in Stanford, uh, they opened up a New York sports club, which is giant global gym. Um, and I, I managed to be there when they opened and I picked up a ton of personal training clients. Um, and I did that exclusively for five years. Um, and at the end of five years, I, I was like, well, I don't want to do this here anymore. I want to. I want a bigger piece of the pie, right? So if, if my customer is paying a hundred bucks and I'm collecting 20 bucks, I'm like, well, why should the gym get 80? Um, so I went out on my own. And, and did you just do the math on a napkin? You're like, okay, I have 30 clients. And if I get $50 from each of them, that's 1500 bucks. And I can do that. You just did that. on. An, yeah, okay. it was, it was not a complicated decision. And again, I, I, you do the, you put together your roster of, of clients and you're like, okay, well, I've got, these are my clients. Who do I think will come with me? Um, and then you have these conversations with people, but what you find in the personal training world is that these people were loyal to me. They weren't loyal to the gym. They could care less about the gym. They were loyal to me. So when I said, Hey, I want to break out and, and, you know, let's go on our own. Um, I'll bring gear with me and I'll, I'll, we can train right at your house. Um, the vast majority said, okay, so huge bump in pay. Um, the, the only pain in the ass was that I had to, uh, drive from location to location. Uh, but that still didn't matter to me. Uh, so I did that for years and years. And then, you know, somewhere in, in 2007, and, 2007, I was going from place to place and realizing that like, I, I just, I want to be on my own schedule. I want my my clients to come to me because I would get to somebody's house to do a personal training session and then their phone would ring or their dog would be barking, or they'd have to take a delivery from the UPS guy, or their their kid would be homesick. And you just had like the gamut of excuses. And I just got so tired of 
you know, sitting there in somebody's basement gym while they were doing all of their regular shit and we weren't working out. Um, so I decided, um, this is a great conversation I had with one of the guys that I was training back then. Uh, we were supposed to do a private session and I got to, we were supposed to meet that day. And, and he just said, look, I, I just don't feel like doing this. Let's go out to breakfast. So during breakfast that day, um, he says to me, you know, you complain about every place that we've ever worked out. Cause I was working out with him at a, at a, at a gym that I was paying a rent. Um, he's like, you know, you complain about every gym that we go to, like what's stopping you from just opening your own place. And I said, I need 50,000 bucks. Um, and he says, well, I'll give you a half. And, and then he volunteered a good friend of his to give us the other half. Um, and these guys just cut a check for $50,000 and told me to go find some space. And the space that I found was when I met you. Um, oh, wow. That's going to happen to um, Brian. Brian's going to be like, uh, that's Brian right there too. He's going to be like, Jesus Christ, this guy said I want to do the podcast with. And someone's going to be like, dude, just start your own already. <laughs> this that, that's guy. already happened a lot. Of oh, damn times. it. Uh, uh, Brian, I'm so sorry. I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know what the fuck is going on. That's all, that's all, uh, me. And, and, and on the show, Sarah said she's not coming on till next Tuesday. And Miranda texted me last night saying she had a doctor's appointment or something. She's pregnant or she had some appointment. So we're rescheduling. So we have no one for tomorrow, Brian. Yet. You want to just do it? You and me? I would love to. I, I, I we can just, uh, work through all the, all the, uh, Poor communication you've been getting from mine. <laughs> Brian, yeah. Rob, Rob, Brian. How are you, Brian? Hey, Rob. Good to see you. Likewise. Um, and that's when you opened up your OPEX gym, right, Rob? That's right. OPEX. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. I, I had I had OPT on the other day. It was actually, uh, or uh, I don't think he's OPT anymore, he, uh, James Fitzgerald. And mm-hmm. um, it, it was a great conversation. And towards the end of the conversation, we started talking about comparing CrossFit and OPEX. And it just got sideways. It just, know, it, I, I felt yeah. horrible because I didn't want it to be like that. And then, and then I posted something on Instagram showing like James talking about the difference and it, it took a bad turn. Well, so the interesting thing is before I, I came on this morning, I was actually listening to, I was going through some Instagram stuff and I found where that starts to go off the rails, but uh-huh. then the interview cuts off there. So I, I didn't get a chance to hear the rest of it. Yeah, he didn't say anything, but he didn't say anything bad. But if you're like a hardcore CrossFitista, yeah, um, it was basically it was all around individualized training. It's all relative, right? It's individual. He 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 basically says OPEX is individualized training, and I was like, well, wait a second, CrossFit's individualized training, and he put his hands in his face and he's like, come on, dude, like, what are you talking about? You know better, and I'm like, what do you mean I know better? Like, it's individualized training. But I think what OPEX does is, I mean, if if you drive someone home and tuck them in bed after they work out and CrossFit just um, says bye to them at the front door, then you're going to, you're going to think you have more individualized training than CrossFit. I get it. I think that's where the difference is. I think OPEX and Brian even said on the show, and maybe we'll let Brian chime in here. Brian really, Brian went through the OPEX program and he really liked it. And he's been, he's like, Holy shit, that they're that, that level one that they teach is off the hook. Fucking amazing. But he couldn't make a living following their protocol. I could have made a living following the protocol, but I would have, I feel like I would have been shortchanging the people I was providing that service to relative to what I would expect to give them based on what I learned through the program. But I think that, I don't know if I can't remember if we talked about it or not, but I think one of the biggest um, things is just the expectation of the client. So if you're signing up to have an OPEX coach, you're expecting 
the word individualized to mean something different than if you're signing up to go to a CrossFit class. Mm. If you're signing up to go to a CrossFit class or CrossFit gym, you're still expecting the coach there to know you and work with you to make sure that you have a successful hour every time you show up. But the degree of that is different than someone who's paying specifically for someone who is consulting with them about their nutrition and their sleep and their stress and their workouts. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I always say that um, the way we do personal training, not personal, the way we run CrossFit classes at Hybrid, it feels like a personal training session. Um, and, it, and it should be that customized that, you know, when somebody comes in this, this morning, I coached the 5.15 a.m. class. We got a, we're doing dumbbell snatches, um, alternating dumbbell snatches. And I've got a guy that, you know, it, it, we had to customize the workout for him to work around some things that he's got going on. That to me is like, is, that is, that's how this thing works is, and that maybe that's the background that I come from, which is just to, you look at the person on the day and say, what do you have to give and what can I get out of you? Um, and then you adjust the, the, the workout accordingly. I don't know that that's it. I don't know that it needs to be more complicated than that. I don't know that it needs to be more involved than that. You can call it whatever the hell you want, but all I'm trying to do is give this person a good hour. And, and again, like I said to you earlier, Sevon, is that, that you are marginally better than you were yesterday. That's all we're looking for. Like, just keep coming back because that that's to me is the, the goal is it's longevity. It's not about some spike in performance between here and three weeks from now or here in six months from now. This is a, this is the long game. Um, I always tell people that the product that I sell is it's a really unappealing thing to sell. Okay. Like if you sell Ferraris, that's cool. You sell something beautiful and they function and they're, they're amazing. Right. When somebody comes in that doesn't know anything about CrossFit, they don't know anything about what we do. I tell them the same thing every time. I'm like, this is, this is going to take you 10 times longer than you want it to take. It's going to cost 10 times more than you think it should cost. And it's going to be really, really uncomfortable all the way through. And you and tell it, the women that this is going to make you bulky and look like a man, right? I always, always. Yeah. And, and then they look around the gym and they're like, well, how come it's not working for anybody here? <laughs> they don't work hard enough. They yeah. don't work hard enough. Don't look yeah. at them. So, um, you know, I, but when you, when I'm, I'm upfront and I'm honest with people right from the beginning, it, it, it thins out, you know, the, the people that just don't want to be there. And there, and like that, you know, <clears throat> those, and here's what I always get frustrated with is that's also true of OPEX. Like this, there's a lot of similarities in the programs and I don't know why everyone chooses to get so caught up in the differences. Both of them are doing positive things for people. Both of them are providing opportunities for exactly what Rob just talked about. It's difficult. It, it costs money, but it'll make you a healthier person and hopefully you'll live a, a more enjoyable life because of it. Why do people get wrapped around the axle? Because that's the, the state that we live in these days. That's why. Because everybody's looking for a reason to get wrapped around the axle 24-7. He wants it to be different too. In the two camps, I mean, probably James wants it to be different and – in CrossFit, I mean, this is way hyperbole, but uh, uh, he wants it to be different. And CrossFit wants to think that everyone's stealing from them. I mean, that's a gross exaggeration. But somewhere there, in in there, there's a truth that is where the tension lies. I will say this: James made it very, very clear that OPEX puts a premium on relationships. Like, like, and that was, that was actually the only thing that he said that really bothered me is because as oh, a, I as like a, that part as a person, <laughs> no, no, as a person who coaches in a CrossFit gym, so do I. 
And I think oh, Rob oh. would say the same. Like you, you know, someone from his gym, a random person commented earlier on the video, and he could tell you about her. He knows her. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Ben, you know, Ben Bergeron's talked about this. He goes, you have to be careful how many people you have in your gym because there's only so many people you can actually have a meaningful relationship with and know their name and know their family and understand the things that are going on in their lives. And um, <clears throat> it's definitely important because if they're coming there every day and you're putting something on the board and saying, this is what we're going to do, they have to have a reason to trust you and to say, yes, this is a good, uh, this is a, this is a good person that has good intentions for me. And so I'm going to do what he asked me to do. Well, if, if, if you're having, uh, you know, we talked about this at the beginning of the show, if you're having issues at your gym or with your, the owner of your gym, I, I encourage you to go to barbell jobs and get a new job. Okay. So, um, Rob, um, when I, how's your tattoo game going? Have you, have you added tattoos to your, um, no, it, it's been quite a while. Um, you know, same, same ones that I've had. I, it's been a long time since I've, I've sat in the chair and gotten any more. Um, it's same. Are there, are, do you regret getting any of those tattoos? No, I don't, there's no regret. Um, do I, you want I, to erase I, any of them? No, it's, it's kind of like a, it was a thing that I did and it's, um, like I, you know, I've got my kids flowers and my, my wife's favorite flower and you know, it's, it was just a time in my life and I had, um, I don't regret any of it. No. Do you have any crypto? Negative. No. None. None. I, I, for some reason, I see you as wanting to dabble in that a little bit. A, a good friend of mine. Uh, so a, another one of my hobbies that I've turned into a business is uh, is driving cars on track and organizing um, high performance track days. Um, a good friend of mine that does this with me is uh, he's been trying to push me into crypto. Not push me, but he's just encouraging me to, to take a look at it seriously. I don't know. I I'm, I just started a couple weeks ago. I have no fucking idea what I'm looking at, but there's yeah. an app and I just know that when the shit I bought is dropping, like to hopefully then buy some more. Right. Yeah. But, but it seems to be working, but I don't know. And, and, and basically this is what I think it is for anyone out there. And I'm totally open to being wrong. Basically it's made up money and they're in one and they're just hoping that someone picks up their coin to be one that's not made up anymore. So we all know that the dollar's made up, right? We've all agree, we've all agreed that this green stuff will use it. We'll agree to the delusion that it has value equal to human energy, and we'll trade it for services, right? So, like, I'll give you fifty bucks, you'll rub my back. Um, uh, you give me fifty bucks, I'll cut your lawn for the week, right? Mm -hmm. And and for some reason, we we've agreed that this green shit this this shit exists. It's new money that's out there, but no one's accepting it yet. Right. Yeah, so, so, so they're all can't. vying to be the next currency, but yeah. the, the whole thing might be bullshit too. But I think that's, I finally, all money is made up. Yeah. Correct. Tyler. Um, uh, th that's what kind of like the pandemic, um, that, that is what, um, but it's okay that it's made up as long as we're all on the same field. I mean, shit has to be made up. Red has to mean stop. I've said this a thousand times so that we don't crash into each other. It doesn't mm -hmm. really mean stop, but we agree on making that shit up. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what crypto is. And so they're just ho – and now there's this like – there's this thing forming called the metaverse, I guess they're saying. It's basically virtual reality online, and mm -hmm. one of those coins will probably get chosen or some variety of those coins to be used inside of that metaverse. And so if that happens and you have some of those coins, I, th I think that's what's going on. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that definitely that that describes it as well as I've ever heard it described before. I mean, this my buddy. Thank you. Um, I just did that for you. No, and that, really one, one more thing. One more thing too. And this is what's amazing about Amazon. Amazon is because they sell every product. They're almost ubiquitous with money, with the dollar. And that's what makes Amazon gift cards so valuable to cartels and illegal uh, money laundering and shit operations. I mean, that, that's how you buy illegal drugs online. You, you buy them with Amazon gift cards because th to those people, it's ubiquitous to money because they sell everything, right? Yeah. If you can get everything at this store, then it's the same as money. What their, their, their token. It's fucked up. It's fucking <laughs> Bezos. It's fucking. <laughs> Do you remember reading about Bezos? Like, 10 or 15 years ago he wants his he wants his bookstore to sell everything You're like what okay <laughs> <laughs> oh my god he's gonna open a store on the moon <laughs> and it'll be sold out um would you go to space um like to live like would you leave earth no nah, it's pretty good here it i mean is. as 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 Backward as the times we're living in right now, where up is down and and left is right, and we can't seem to agree on a goddamn thing, um, it, it's it's pretty good here. Yeah, you're living a good life. I like yeah. what happened. I I, I like the path you chose. Are you glad you opened that that first gym? Are you glad that when that client said to you, did you have to pay that guy back the fifty grand? No, I mean I tried to for years. Um, I tried to come up with a payment plan to, to pay him back, but you know, he, another line that he had that, um, it's one of these things that I've said so many times to different people who've asked over the years. But, um, when I tried to come up with a payment plan and I put it down in front of him, he just said to me, listen, no matter what you pay me back, it's not going to be enough to move the needle for me. So don't worry about it. Mm. You know, he was, he was a guy that had extraordinary means, um, and I, no, if I had paid him back five X, it's still, that's weekend money for him and his wife, you know? So it wasn't, it, it wouldn't have been a thing. It would have just been a gesture. Um, it, are you still friends with him? Um, no, we, uh, not that we're not friends. We just, he, he went on his path. He started philanthropy, opened up a school. Um, so we just separated ways, but um, I have, I've, I don't remember the last time I talked to him. It's been a while. Maybe you'll text him after this and just say, Hey, thinking about you. I might, I might better to do it now than when you need him for more, another 50 K. So then honestly, <laughs> just a, a decent human being. And, um, you know, at a time when I, I just, I needed, I needed a push. Um, and he was there to help out. If you're, if you're not a nice person now as a poor person, you won't be a nice person when you're a rich person. So those of you people who are like, oh, my God, he just did that because he's rich or he did that just because he could do that. You're confused. You, you no. know, like like you're like when you're a nice person and you're poor and you have a sandwich and, and the guy next to you and you're at work with someone and you cut it in half and give it to him, even though you want to eat the whole sandwich, that's just because that's just who you are. And you'll do it when you're poor and you'll do it when you're rich and you'll, and you'll just always do it. And if not, you won't do it. You'll just be an asshole your whole life. Yeah, the, the, this guy was just a, a nice human being, you know, and 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 um, like I said, he one of the most philanthropic guys I know opened up a school that bled him dry for years and years and years. And he just kept dumping into it um, until it was something that he was proud of and um, just a good person.
Rob, you going to Miami this year? Uh, no, we, I was I was hoping to run um, Waza Strong. This would be our third year, um, but they decided that they're not going to run it this year. So maybe next year, if they bring it back, um, you know, I'd I'd love to go back and run it again. Wait, that what is, is that? What's Waza Strong, and why would Rob go to Miami? That is sad news for me. I love that event. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think that was the consensus. So so um, Waza Strong. Um, a couple of years ago, I and now it's a bunch of years ago, I had conversations with uh, Guido Trinidad um, about potentially doing some kind of a hybrid athletics competition at Wadapalooza. Um, and then um, when did we do our first one? Was it 2019, I think, was our first Waza Strong. And uh, they gave us a, a stage where we ran uh, a four-event competition on Thursday leading up until the, the main competition. Um, we had men and women compete in novice and advanced groups. Um, and it, it was basically, uh, my style of workout. So if I was going to program, um, you know, for myself or really, really challenging events, um, that had a strong man flare or a really heavy flare, um, that's what we threw as a competition. And, um, so we did it in 19 and then we threw it again in 2020 um, and, um, this year they said that they were going to pass on it. And I have, I had, uh, worked with Rob at those and had, wrote a couple articles about him and featured a couple of the athletes who even used to be, um, like regional level CrossFit athletes that were competing in it. But I think, I thought it was amazing. And it was kind of, you know, he had, uh, stones and really heavy yokes, but the guys also had to be able to do high volume of double unders and ring muscle ups. Yep. And some of them could do, you know, the strongman stuff, but struggle, struggled on the body weight stuff and others um, the other way around. But there were a couple guys that were like really good at both. Yep. I actually saw Mike Sabato at, uh, I think at Granite Games this year, I had yep. a great conversation with him. This guy, Seven, comes from like New Jersey or something like that. He wears Sambas, like those yep. old soccer shoes. What's his name? Mike Sabato, S-A-B-A-T-O. And he was just like his most unassuming guy. But once he got in the stage of competition it was incredible how strong he was yeah. um and there was a handful of guys like that and women i really liked it i'm I'm bummed to hear that they're not doing it this year is is guido is guido out he he's not wadapalooza anymore right he st- uh still is involved um kind of like uh tangentially but they consult him for things he's going to be a little bit more involved this year i think since it's their 10th anniversary and they want to highlight some of the evolutions of the sport from or the, the competition from its origins to now over a decade. But it's mostly uh, Matt O'Keefe, Dylan Malitsky, and Kristen Chandler who are running it now. Yeah. Um is uh were you invited to the Rogue Invitational, Rob? No. For as as a legend? No. <laughs> does does that chafe you? <laughs> no, that's it's a great question. Um because it's I, not I, mine, it's Matt Smith's. It's someone on because we're live, so someone just said it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm more into kissing your ass and loving on you. But if someone wants to hurl some, peel off some band aids, fuck it. No, it, it, it's, <laughs> it's 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 funny actually. So, um, as they were announcing it, um, the the roster of of, of competitors that were going to go, my wife said to me like, "I wonder where yours is." Um, you know. Oh my, damn! So she ain't fucking around with you. No, God. no. She, you she, you she got like a spoonful of cereal in your mouth, and she throws that at you in the morning. Yeah, she just she has no mercy, which is why the relationship works. But it, it, I, we just kind of both laughed at it. It's like I, I just, 
um, the fact that I was mentioned and that a handful of people tagged me on some of those posts, uh, you know, that feels good. And, and truthfully, like, I don't, I'd love to go and hang out with those guys um, and, and throw down again. Like I, I, me and Nico, every time we traveled, we kind of partnered up and worked out and, um, it'd be good to see him. It'd be good to work out with him uh, at great. any venue, at any competition, um, or otherwise. Uh, so it'd be a nice thing to do to get together with people. You know what they should have done? Just just to, for fuck it, it would have been funny. They should have figured out some way to make fun of you. They should have invited you out there. And although we didn't let him come on the floor, we want to introduce you, Rob Orlando. And then you kind of like come out in a golf cart waving and like you get out of the golf cart with like a cane or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, I'll tell you, I think. I I'm think serious. Was, they should have brought you there and fucked with you. First of all, I think it was, I think they should have invited you, Rob. And I'll tell you a quick story, Savon. But uh, also, I thought that the way that they did it this year was like probably more enjoyable for those athletes. You know, they're not really looking to do like five individual events head to head and whatever. So the format they had this year, I thought was probably better for them. And then, you know, the fans still obviously love seeing all those people, but uh, Rob, I'm sure you have no memory of this, but I, you know, I, I started watching and learning about the games in 2014, 15 and watched all the old stuff. And I, you know, similar, you know, to me, you were kind of like the antithesis to Chris Spieler. Right. And both of you guys had a had a, a legendary status from those early days in, in your own regards. And then in 2016, I went to the games out in um, in Carson. It was the first my first time going. I brought my dad there and a friend of mine. And we watched all the ma- the Masters competition because it was early in the week and we could watch it without it didn't interfere with the uh, elite individual events. Mm-hmm. And you were competing that year in the Masters division. I can't remember which age in 2016. I was in the 35s. And um, and it was great. I think it was forty to forty forty. That's I don't think they had the thirty five yet. I was probably way too big time in two thousand sixteen to talk to you, Rob. I don't even remember you being there. You gave me the brush by. I swear, it's true. I'm sure I did. But you had short hair then. Yeah. And and you were and you know pretty fit like you've always been. And I just there was like this one moment. It was kind of a weird moment for me, but uh i was walking over to the bathroom and it was like kind of empty there weren't a lot of people there whatever and you were rocking walking out and i took the chance to say hi to you be- and and acknowledge that to me you had been kind of uh one of the inspirations from the early days of the, sp- of the space and that was the first time that i that i met you actually did well, he wipe I, his hand on you yeah i dried my hand on his back <laughs> <laughs> yeah and my dad he came back to me and said why is your back so wet <laughs> No, the, the the 2016 games. I've said this before that the 2016 games was by far and away the most fun um, as from any competition that I had ever done because it was so relaxed. Uh, the atmosphere, the volume of events, um, that I just felt no pressure. It was just like let's just go out and here have fun. And um, you know, there was only one heat for every event because there's just 20 guys lined up. Um, so it just, the, the whole thing just seemed to work. And, and then I had a blast doing it. Was that the year there were the hand cleans with 155 on that super thick bar and dudes were blowing out biceps? That is the final event. Yeah. So it was, um, it was axle cleans and it was a bunch of pull-ups and a ton. I want to say like half a dozen popped their bicep on those axle cleans because they were trying to do continental cleans. So they would do a mixed grip to clean it up. And on that mixed grip, they'd pop the underhand bicep. Are all those dudes juicers? Is that like the, like you pop the bicep juicer? 
That's a great question. I, I don't, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think it's poor technique and it's something that they never do. And they're trying to do it under stress. Um, how about just shitty programming? <laughs> Not how about shitty well, programming, bad technique and juiced up motherfuckers. How about all three? Well, so like I would have loved that workout, right? But I, I just <laughs> right. Cut, well, you right? you because you have seasoned hands around weird brown. Yeah, it, it would because been, it's, that bar is thinner than your penis, and so you're just you just slightly. Yeah, weird. yeah. You have years of handling thick, thick, daily, daily, daily. multiple times a day, actually. Y- yes. Yeah. Um, Rob, do you remember the very first time you picked up something heavy? Like, do you remember being a little kid and like having to move a 20 pound bag or 40 pound bag of cement and being like six and being like, what the fuck? Uh, I don't like this. Not quite that far back, but but I I do think back to um, your dad hands you a shovel and it weighs six pounds and you're four and you're like, oh God, really? No, you don't remember that? (laughs) No, no. What I, I do remember like back into early, the early, early days of high school. Um, and hand mixing concrete in a wheelbarrow and having to lug 94 pound bags of Portland concrete on your shoulder and lug them around construction sites. And, um, and you just, you kind of get used to moving a hundred pounds at a time. Like, you know, it's just, it's a thing that you do. Um, I haven't worked with concrete a lot, but, but my dad always had concrete around. So I worked with it a little bit and I, and I did the, the 40 and 60 pound bags, unloading them out of trucks. And it's, it, it is a weird thing. Um, especially if you're not used to hard work and you're kind of a little bitch like I was. And, uh, it, it hurts like holding the bag hurt. My fingers hurt. I didn't like it touching my skin. I didn't enjoy sweating. I was just a man. I was a bitch. I hated like just, but eventually once you accept it, it's the same with like moving like four by eight pieces of plywood, right? Or sheetrock. Like at some point you just, it's like a fight. It's like fighting with the object. You just have to just take fucking control of it. Okay. It's like every bag I'm just attacking. Yeah. It's, it's not, it doesn't have to be pretty and you don't get style points. You just have to do the work. But, but, but also you have to be present. It's not easy. It's not like taking a cup out of the fridge and filling up a glass of water while you make a phone call. I mean, you, you, you're in a fight. This thing that nothing's fun about a, a cement bag. A little bit's leaking on you. There's a rough edge. Um, there's a guy behind you who's getting ready to hand you a next one. You're trying to stack them evenly. It's just fucking like, geez, what? Yeah. It's yeah, business. There was, um, you're fighting was, with, with the bags. You can't drop it. No, you can't drop it because it'll pop open. Yeah. You get yelled at for, for wasting waste shit. Yeah. yeah. I was mixing concrete for a, a stonemason. Um, Lenny Lee was the guy's name, old, really old, uh, salty, um, just a grouch. And he wore this fishing hat with a million different lures on it. Um, and he was probably in his early eighties. Can you believe that's a look? Is that a mating strategy? (laughs) Damn, I'm going to get myself a lot of bitches. I'm going to put this hat on. It's going to rain pussy on me with these lures. (laughs) I mean, isn't that like, like, what the fuck? How is that? Okay. I'm sorry. Go on. Lenny, Lenny Lee. Lenny Lee. Yeah. So Lenny Lee was, uh, he had vice grips for hands. Um, he had the skin of a leather bag because he was the first guy up the scaffolding all day, every day. So he was the one up there in the sun all day. Um, and so he would climb up the ladder, uh, up the scaffolding and he was at seven o'clock, seven sharp. He would fire a brick down at me and say, where's my mortar. And he'd scream and yell at me, where's my mortar. So I'd, I'd be mixing concrete and, and I had to do it in a, a, a wheelbarrow with a hoe because he said that mixers 
they made laborers lazy. So I wasn't allowed to use a mixer on any job site. A mixer is like a drill bit with like a, a drill. No, no, no. Like a, a, a mixer is like the giant tub that's spinning around and you just pour the shit into it and it okay. mixes the concrete. You spray the water in it. It's so automated. Like, yeah. I had to do it where it's by hand, like with pushing and pulling it back and forth, getting it all mixed up and then, um, and then pull it up to him in a five gallon bucket on a pulley and then lower it back down. And, and, and this would go on all fucking day. All, all summer from Monday through Saturday with, with, with cement dripping on you and d- yeah. just, there's nowhere safe. No, but it was, those were some of the, the, the most enjoyable work days that I ever had because it's just grunt work. Um, and at the end of one particular stint, it was like three days in a row, we were doing this work at a college and it was hot as balls. Um, you know, some of those August days where it's a hundred degrees, hundred percent humidity. And, um, I, I was, I want to say I was 17 then maybe 18. Um, at the end of the day, Lenny, you know, he's quiet, sits in the truck, piece of shit Chevy that, I mean, you could look through, you could look at the ground cause there was no floorboards in it. Um, so <laughs> just rusted out, just completely rusted out. It was running on one horsepower. It was a piece of shit, right? So we pull into this convenience store on the way home and he doesn't talk to me at all. He just pulls in. And he comes back out um, and he's got a Budweiser tall boy and he sits in the truck and he hands me one. And you're 17, 17. And the two of us sat there drinking a Budweiser tall boy. And uh, he just, he said to me, you know, something to the effect that you earned that one today. Um, you know, and it's just one of those, <laughs> it's the only thing you drank all day. <laughs> you're not hydrating with the Budweiser. So good. I, but it's just one of those, uh, I went home and told my mom and she was like, good. You're like, you busted your ass all day. She had no problem with that whatsoever. It's like, um, and I think, uh, there's, I hope that my kids, um, will, will, will have that same type of experience where they get to work that hard physically, just get to work that hard where you put your head on the pillow at night and you are exhausted. You know, and to me, I think there's, there's value in that. Man, I had this guy, uh, Nick Rodriguez, on either yesterday or the day before. I can't remember now. And he, he's a 25-year-old Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy who stormed on the scene. And he was just telling me, he's like, I just I just want to work, basically. I just I just want to fucking grind. Yeah. And so I just – and I kind of – it's kind of weird as you get older. Like I I get that. I still want to – like I, I sometimes go in the garage. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to fucking get at it. And after 40 minutes, I'm like, all right, that's good. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Like, I think I'm gonna do a 30 minute warm up and then, a, and then, and then just get out of crazy work. I'm good. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that as, as I'm, as my kids are getting older, um, I think it's important for them to see me suffer. Uh, right. So, so a workout that I did, uh, last year on father's day, and I'm going to do it again this year too. I did it with my son was, um, 20 down to one of burpees with a 500 meter skier in between every set. Oh, that's good. So, wow. So, and, and it's, it's, that's a father's day special. And it's, um, you know, I do it with my son and, and I, I want him to see me grinding for an hour straight. There's just, there's nowhere to go. There's, it's not complicated. Everyone can do it. Um, and sometimes it's important just to put it in gear and keep going. 
If I, my kids see me work out every day in the garage and if they come and I, and I don't ever really know what they think of it until recently. And if, the, if I'm working out, let's say if I, I do, I do a, a typical workout I do on the regulars. I do 10 deadlifts with 135, 10 burpees and I do 10 rounds yep. and it, it, it's, pre, it's pretty horrible and it never gets better. I'm not, never making like progress on it. <laughs> and, and, um, and so I, so, I find that hard to believe. And, and, and so if they come in there and they say something to me while I'm working out, like, Hey, can I have a sandwich or can you open the garage door? I'll fucking snap at them. Can't you see I'm working out? <laughs> like, like don't fuck around. Like, like, or I just ignore them. Like, like they're fucking not even there. Or if like they walk by me while I'm doing a burpee, I just kick them down to the ground. Like what the fuck? <laughs> like, this is like my time, right? Yeah. Like you can get it. You can come in here and work out with me. You can, but, but don't, don't fuck around. Like I would never fuck with you when you were working out. Yeah. And, um, and so the other day, some, uh, someone goes, I think we were jujitsu or tennis. And one of the other parents goes, um, so do you play tennis or do you do jujitsu? I can't remember. And I go, nah, I just, I just drive my kids around in a van all day. And my son who's seven, Avi goes, oh, but he works out every day so hard. I was like, yeah, yeah awesome. it, was, it was like, uh, that'll probably get me till I'm 90. Like, you know what I mean? That's yeah. enough. Just that little acknowledgement from my boy. I'm like, yeah, he sees yeah. it. <laughs> and, and it's, that's he knows. Important. That's important. Yes. It's important. He knows. And, and, and any other time I'll stop anything I'm doing to help my kids. But when I'm working out, like. No. Same with, and same with my podcast. If they knocked at the door, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? <laughs> or sit down and be quiet. Yeah. But there's like some things like there's just bound. It's kind of like what we were talking about in the beginning of the podcast. There's there's just the rules. Just be just be good. I'll, I'll be good to you. You be good to me. We just be good and we, we can hang. Yeah. This is, it's not complicated. Rob. Does did your um did did you, does your wound ever heal? Uh, good question. Um, uh, Rob has a uh, uh, when I met Rob, he has a a, a giant um, tree tattooed on his back. It, it it is probably the best tattoo I've ever seen in my life, and it's a dead tree with a couple healthy leaves on it. And, um, and I asked Rob, Hey, what, what does this tattoo stand for? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and I didn't have kids at the time, just so you know. So like, I fucking no idea what the fuck I was asking. I was a fucking complete idiot. And now I go through the mental gymnastics of what Rob actually went through every single day. It's something that no one tells you about when you have kids that you're going to have to do. Yeah. It, it's, um, you know, it's one of those things that, I don't know that it, that a deep wound ever heals, right? I think you, you, will you explain what the tattoo is first? Sorry for the listeners. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, there's a a tattoo on my back of a tree. Um, and it's, you know, there's, there's initials carved into the tree and it's, um, you know, it, it just, um, it's the family members. It's my family members that are carved into this thing and they're, there, without giving away too much, because it's not something that I talk about publicly, but it's one of those things that there was a, a significant loss, um, and and you know one of those things where you're like, what if you woke up tomorrow and your right leg was missing? You know, like could you wake up? Yeah. Um, is everything that you do for the rest of your life going to be different? Yes. Um, but can you find a way to enjoy and, and have a great fulfilling life without that leg? And the answer is yes. Um, and it takes, um, 
it takes effort, especially in the beginning. It takes a Herculean effort every single day, every single minute to be making the choice because that's what it is. It's a choice to continue to push forward and to try to enjoy and to re-engage. And, um, you know, but eventually um, you, you make the accommodations that you need to live without that leg. Um, and the, it's, not, um, it's not this hardened, you know, sad thing anymore. It's more of a, you know, it, it's like a, a warm breeze that you feel on your face one day and just kind of, it washes over you and you feel good about it. And, um, you know, kind of you, you, it's not, it's not this cold piece of coal anymore. Um, and, and it's gotten to a point where it, it's just a part of my everyday. You say that you don't talk about it publicly. Why is that? Um, you know, it's, it's it's a tough thing right when you because when you when you very few people know uh, about what you're talking about uh most don't most uh, i hope never do um and what i found in the very beginning when we experienced this loss was this um people would inevitably not know what to say and mm. you know then they it, it gets this really strange uncomfortable um, relationship changing moment. Right. Mm. And so the people who are closest, um, they know, and, and the, it, it's not the kind of thing that I'm going to run around with a bullhorn and tell people, um, you know, right. it, it, because it just, it, it has the tendency to turn a lot of things strange. It, um, it, to use the guy with the with the with the with the missing uh, with the missing leg wakes up with no leg. So I'll I'll go places with my kids and there'll be someone without like a hand, right? Like we'll be sitting at the beach and there'll be a guy sitting next to us without a hand, and my kids will be like, "Hey, what happened to that guy's hand?" And I'll be like, "I don't know. Go over there and ask him." Mm-hmm. Because because kids can do that, mm-hmm. and that's the fucking problem with adults. The thing is, is that. What some people go through, you just can't sympathize or empathize with, and in, in, in faking, it's worse. Well, yeah, so here's the other part of it, right? Someone, is so just go, so just, so, so don't just be yourself. Don't like if you're uncomfortable with around someone because they went through something that you can't even imagine, just in, just you fucking embrace that uncomfortability. Don't project it back onto them. Yeah. No, it, it and I'm telling you, it, it shit gets weird. Um, yeah. I but, bet. But here's the, the, it's like when my good friends told me they were Scientologists. I have these really, really good friends, and after like a year, they told me they were Scientologists, and I could tell that they they expected me to freak out. Yeah, but like, I don't care. Yeah, it did get weird when they told me all my friends were Scientologists, and I didn't know it. But that's the <laughs> story. <laughs> you know, the, the, I think the difference is um, in in the the story about a, a person who loses their limb. Right, is that there is a visible loss. There's a visible scar that. Uh, uh, it, it's apparent to everybody, right? Um, there's when when there's a, a personal loss, um, it's not a you're, nobody's aware of it. They don't unless you bring it up, unless you talk about it. Not. So it, it's um, it's not an obvious sign, and and nobody nobody knows my perspective on things. They don't know where I'm coming from because they don't under they, they mm. just don't know and they can't know right they so, can't know much more we can't, we can't it's much, know it's much right. easier to 
project what it might be like if I didn't have my right hand or my right leg than it is to understand how a person who's lost their spouse or lost a child or lost a parent, you know, early, you can't empathize with that. You don't know enough about that relationship and everything that went into it or is missing because of it. You can try to, but it's way more difficult to really, really comprehend. It's just not a physical thing that you can see. Um, So it's, it's much more, um, it, it flies lower under the radar. Uh, don't tell me about black people unless you've lived in Africa for five years. You don't know shit. I don't care if you're fucking black. You don't know shit. Tell me after you lived in Africa for black years if you're going to categorize people by their skin color. You racist piece of shit. Don't tell oh, me about white people unless you lived in fucking Finland for five years. Nico Salo is not the white same white person I am. It's, it's the same thing. These people think they just know shit. So fucking lame the way people categorize shit. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Uh, uh, it's a it's a testament to you and your wife that you guys are still together. Um, and and it's probably I'm guessing the crowning achievement of your life is 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 to be with the same woman for 23 years. Is I mean, how do you feel about your relationship with your wife? Uh, it's, it's it's a 10 out of 10. It, it's like you know, in, in the in the pantheon of decisions that you make over the course of your lifetime, right? You you have there are two that I think are arguably the most important. Um, and one is picking your spouse and the other one is deciding whether or not you want to have children. Like those are the two, like I think, and, and I've hit home runs on both. Um, you know, so I'm batting a thousand and it's like my, my wife is, um, she's my best friend. Um, and we've been, we were lucky enough to grow up together and, and to be together for the, the better part of, of 30 plus years right now. Um, so we're, I'm, I'm as lucky as they get in that regard. When I went a couple of years ago, when I got fired from CrossFit, you know, my brain immediately went to this fucked up spot and I'm like, it's like a couple of weeks. Like I had this like out of body experience right away. And then, and then, and then after a couple of weeks as the dust was settling and like, I was able to like, okay, this is just the way it is. Um, uh, I remember my wife was like sitting on the couch reading a book or something. And I, and I turned to her, I go, Hey, I don't, no matter what happens, like I want to give, like, I, I want to have houses in California to give our kids, like when we die, like houses, plural. And like, so no matter what, I don't want to fucking sell, sell any of our property. And, uh, so if shit gets really weird, would, can we just move into a, like a, a van, um, with the kids? And my wife's like, Oh, for sure. And I was like, Oh, I picked a fucking, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I just needed that. I just needed like, like I, like my brain was going to like the worst possible place. And then I was like, okay, yeah. Yeah. We're good. Be, we just get a big van and live on the beach and we get to keep all our houses and just yeah, like my wife don't give a shit. Like, yeah, yeah. she met me when I was fucking homeless. Yeah. And, and, and it'll, it'll be fine. You it'll totally be fine. fine. Yep. And my partner's got my back. Yep. I wonder if she. I wonder if she has any stories like that about me. I think she's. I think she's probably. Yeah, I think I got the better deal, maybe a little bit. <clears throat> um, in, in in hindsight, Rob, if you were to do it all over again, would you would you still open a gym? That first gym. Yeah, I think that was the the logical progression for me um, was to to open my own space and to kind of exp- to to do the things that I wanted to do. Um, again, I've been self-employed for forever. I've never really worked for a, a company or, um, so 
it was the next logical step. Other than other than Lenny, of course. Other than who? Right. Lenny. Lenny oh, yeah, Lee. Yeah. Hey, what I love the name last name Lee because Lee. as you told the story, as he started off as a black guy in my head, and then he started off as a white guy, and then by the end he was an Asian guy. I just in a, but but I but I don't know. But I just You're love spelling the last Lee name. L I by the end. Yeah, 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 yes, yes. It was just changing. Yeah. I love the last name Lee. Um Oh, that's, that's cool that you never worked for anyone. Did your parents or anyone um, ever, like, did you have any of that pressure on you? Like get a fucking job at Starbucks so you can get health insurance. What are you doing, Rob? Like were the in-laws ever writing you? Like um, my, my mother ha- has said to me um, as recently as like a month ago that I should be a teacher um, and, and that I should be going back to school to get my teaching degree. Uh, God, so, I love moms. Yeah, it's just it's uh, I'm not that's that's not going to happen. It's not on the cards. Tell um, you are teaching. It's just not the way that she envisioned. Is it? I, I say I'm a gym teacher. I I just, I just teach adults. That's all. And there's, my there's mom asked kids. me. My mom asked me yesterday if I was going to get a job. I'm fucking <laughs> not shitting you. <laughs> it's like you know I. So my parents. Um, Have I you thought about getting a job? Maybe you should get a job. Maybe I should get a job. Like what kind what of fucking that, job, mom? What about that thing that I do every day that pays the bills? I, well, yeah, that too. Yes. Oh yes. yeah. Um, no, I, I think I get that, it though. They're a different generation. There's some people that still think Harvard's a good school. Yeah. Well, it's fucking, it's, 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 it's not people. There, there, there's some people who still read the New York times. Like, like, like you might as well just, you might as well be a Scientologist. Hey, hey, the crossword puzzle is still good. I, maybe, maybe. Hi, <laughs> Okay, sorry, sorry, Rob. So, you, so, you, so, so, are you going to get a job? Um, no, gonna I, go I'm, back I'm, and get your teaching I'm, credential. I'm pretty satisfied with, with where I'm at right now. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not looking to um, step back into school for another year or two so that I can um, teach at, at the elementary school level. No, that's. I know that would make my mom happy, but that's, that's not really what I'm, I'm aiming for. Uh, I'm going to say something so sexist. Men should not be elementary school teachers. I just can't relate to it. I don't think men shouldn't be around kids. Um, Rob was part of the inspiration for a new scoring. So thanks for that. I wish we got to see more guys like him. Uh, do you know what Tyler's referring to? Either of you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Oh, tell me. Do yeah, you know I'm Rob? Right. No, I'm curious. Yeah. No, he's just saying um, when he's gone back and applied the scoring system, this is a guy who's he was recently on um, uh, wrote an article that's published on Morning Chalk Up and was on the Training Think Tank podcast. And he and I were on the Get With the Programming podcast talking about this. And he's very passionate. Are about, you guys polished? Can you come on my podcast now? Because I'm, I'm bringing yeah, he's back my, on he like the last one. No, he's, the only my, podcast, he's, much, he's much, much better now. The only podcast we haven't aired, Rob, is when I had this guy, uh, Jason Watkins, <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> Um, I do anyway. like him though, but I'm just busting his balls. But go, go on. Sorry. So now you guys have done three podcasts. You're all polishing. You go big time on the Seven Podcast. That's good. I wasn't with him for the training think tank one. He lives near there, so he just went over to their studio. But anyway, <clears throat> he's very passionate about the fact that there's a better way to score CrossFit competitions if you want to claim that you're testing for fitness. And in and before coming to the table with that publicly which or even searching for a means to he wanted to have you know valid data that he could point back to and say here's an example of something that happened in the past this is the way it was scored this is the way i would have scored it here's how the results would have changed and in the case of rob 
that's a it's a good you know I, what I'm assuming here is that there was a, a a competition or multiple competitions you participated in that your relative ranking to the field would have been significantly higher or lower probably higher in his scoring system and that's because in that scoring system let's just say that the scoring was a there was a one rep max deadlift and you deadlifted 600 pounds and the next guy deadlifted 520 pounds in the CrossFit game scoring system you he would have gotten five points or six points less than you. But in his scoring system, he would have taken all of the results from the entire field of deadlifters and then ranked them based on what he calls a Z scoring system. So you may have earned, you still would have earned 100 points, but the second place guy might have only earned 78 points and then everything would have been scaled from there. Yeah. So he inspired, um, Rob inspired Tyler to come up with that? He was one of the athletes, when you look back historically, that probably had um, significant changes in their overall or relative placement come to the end of competitions based on the changes in the scoring system there and there are certainly worse. others better or would, worse. Guess, would, he'd probably weigh in here but i would guess better it, totally off subject clayton wall more men should be teachers the profession is way too feminized sure i'm fine with that i you i 40 year old man should not be in a biology classroom with fucking the way with uh 16 17 year old girls the way they're dressed these days it's just the whole thing is fucked up. We're, we're causing pressure cooker. We're causing a bad situation. Like j- men are fucking men. It, 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 so, something needs to be addressed. All these weird things are, have you, do you, you should study a book. We need to look at books. Um, uh, sorry. Have you ever looked at books on, on, on animal behavior um, with uh, uh, the caged animals in a zoo, the shit they do Mm-mm. caged animals do in a zoo, do all the weird shit that humans do. And in the wild, they don't do that weird shit. You cage 30 male monkeys together and they start doing some weird shit. <laughs> Throw one female monkey in there. Shit gets weirder. I mean, so, so I, yeah, the, I, I can't just agree and just say start throwing, having more male teachers. I, I don't know. I, 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 my friend, I don't, I'm not going to ruin this show. Sorry. Does Rob think the CrossFit Games is an accurate test of complete fitness? Yes. Let's go to some superficial shit. I like this. This is fun. Let's eat some cotton candy. <laughs> this is great. Um, do I think it's uh, – I, I think Dave does an amazing job at testing for the fittest. Um, I, I think that if you look at the scope of the events, if you look at um, the number of tests, compared to when I competed in 2009 – I remember you and I talked about this, Sevon, that um, at the 2009 games, there were 10 events. Uh, there were five on, on uh, Saturday and five on Sunday. And I, I want to say that at, if I remember it right, you said to me, w- was Dave trying to kill somebody? Um, <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it's, one of, it's one of my favorite lines from your, uh, I don't know if it was a documentary or documentary series that year, Sevon, but you were talking to Kalipa, and I think it was right before, right after the final event, which was at Long Chipper. And he goes, the difference between last year's games and this year's games is no joke. Like that was a significant change in terms of programming. Yeah. From from eight to nine, yeah. was it? Yeah. Yeah. And then nine know, was nuts. Nine was nuts. Nine was it was it was hard. Um, but then you but you fast forward um, to how many days they compete now. How much how much is thrown at them over the course of like a, a four or five day competition? Now it is. Um, it is, it's just evolved and the volume has gone up and the weights have gone up and just everything has, you know, it, it was in its infancy in 2007, eight and nine. And now it's, 
it's just starting to mature. And so I think the, the, the test just keeps getting better and better, bigger and bigger. And the swimming. Oh, and speaking of the swimming, that's what KO'd you, right? Yeah, yeah. Fuck post it. post uh, Jason T. Watkins' most recent comments, Evan. Uh, uh, <laughs> or it starts with better, yeah. Oh, sorry. Better. So Rob would have done better. He was never awarded correctly for his strength. Likewise, swim would have killed him worse. <laughs> well, the, the swim would have killed me. No, the swim did kill you. Yeah. The yeah, swim ended your career as an individual. Yours and well, Nico's. I went, right? Yeah. I went, I went back in 16, but that was as a master's. Does that count? No. Okay. okay. So as an individual, that was it. That was it for me. The fucked up thing is that uh, in 11, I was significantly fitter than I was in 10. And I was in a better space mentally. But that first, the, the ocean swim is, uh, you know, it just wasn't meant to be. Just now when you started talking about Dave, by the way, I sent him a link to the show. I said, Rob's talking about you to try to entice him to come on. He said, I'm in a bad area. He's a good dude. <laughs> uh, Dave's, um, Dave's always been su- you know, super supportive of me, and, and um, we've always gotten along really well. He's, um, um, but, yeah, that, that ocean swim, um, that fucked me up. Tell us what happened, Rob. So to give us the juicy details of that. You see it programmed. And you're in your bedroom in the fetal position crying. And your wife let's, set, let's set it up a little. So just in case anyone okay. doesn't know. So Rob in 2009 placed 22nd. And he came back in 2010. And not only placed 22nd, but kind of stole the show. I mean, there were a lot of superstars at that podcast. At that uh, that podcast. That game. I was going to say that about 2010, actually. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Because in 2010, he placed 15th. But when you start looking at the people that were ahead of that, it's people that you know are very recognizable. It was a good, it was a really good competition, and just behind him that year were Jason Kalipa, Spencer Henbill, James Hobart. So he was right there, like in in the mix. Very, and he was kind of the first iteration of like the Dan Bailey and the Josh Bridges, someone who wasn't winning it, but like everyone knew who he was. Like it probably pissed the ten guys who were ahead of him because Rob had more fame than them. Okay, sorry, go ahead. So then we come to 2011, and the first event is in the ocean. Yeah, so the first event was an ocean swim, and it's you know, Los Angeles, California people, North American continent on the west side, Rob Orlando. Everybody's asking me. No, everybody has asked me since then, and and it, these questions stopped like ten years ago after the competition ended. Uh, but it's like, um, were you nervous? I'm like, no, because I can I can swim. I've never done a, an op- ocean swim before, and. Um, it was just me being naive. I didn't realize that it was going to be that different. Uh, so I jump in the water and, um, you know, the, the, it just didn't go all that well. And I, I ended up leaning on somebody, one of the, the lifeguards was there and I put my hand on the, the, um, the surfboard just so that I can catch my, my breath and get my shit together. And I said, let me just hang out here for a second and then I'm going to keep going. He goes, Oh no, no. If you touch the board, you're out. What do you mean? He's like, we, you're not allowed to get any assistance. So you're out, you're done. So they brought me back into shore. Um, and, and Dave brought me over and, and put his arm around me and said, look, like, sorry, you're out. Um, and that was it. That was the end of my competition. Um, that was, so, that was the first event. First event. Were you fucking just like, holy shit, I prepped for this for a year. And now this. Yeah. That's, that's actually exactly what happened. <laughs> and, and, and you just, you're like, I just heartbroken, you know? And it's like, um, 
it, it's, but you came over to me. Um, I don't know if you remember this or not, but you came over to me underneath the, the, the stadium. At the, actually, the, this, is a, this is a different circumstance. This is in 2010. There's another story. We're going to go back to that. Okay. Um, but in, uh, in 2011, um, after the swim event, I get disqualified. Um, I went over to, to Dave and I said, listen, I don't, I don't care at all if my points count. I, I just don't care. But can I, can I go out on the floor and just compete? Right. I'll just give me zeros for everything, but just let me go down. And like, I work hard enough to get here. Um, can I just go out and throw down? Um, and he said, absolutely. So I was allowed. Oh, to they would never allow that now. Damn. You got a soft Dave. <laughs> so I just said, so Dave, let me go out and compete until the first cut. And then I, I was, I was taken out of the competition. Um, but you know, as, as, from the, the crazy low of being disqualified, um, it, the exact opposite emotion was like, you know, I forget that the, the event was um, an, a clean and jerk, an increasing clean and jerk ladder with rope climbs. Yeah, this and, is the rope clean event. It was actually, it was um, kind of like Rich Froning's redemption event. Yeah. That's how most people remember it. Um, well, the, the the barbells started at I want to say 155 and went up to 225, and and it, the workout ended with um, I think it was one jerk overhead with 225. Yeah. Um, and because I was disqualified and because my points didn't mean anything and I could go out there and do whatever the hell I wanted, um, I told one of the guys from Rogue uh, that I was close to, one of the videographers, I said, hey. Um, while you're filming this, like as I get to that last barbell, just make sure you, you kind of get tight on me. I said, okay. And I went out and I, I did my first jerk at 225. And then I did a second and a third and a fourth. And I think I did seven total um, just because. <laughs> and so you, so, you know, you, you ride this like really shitty low and then you go out there and you pound out some extra reps and because the pressure is totally off and, you know, I had that high and people still come up to me at when I, when I go to different competitions, people will say, I was there in the stadium where you were doing those extra reps. And, um, it's, it's, it's one of those highlight reels for me personally. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, me and Miko got taken out of that workout too, that ocean swim. And yeah. he, and he's a, a basically, a, uh, yeah. I want to say professional. Yeah, he's a professional swimmer. I mean, he's a he's yeah. a he's a he's a fire rescue guy in, in in horrible freezing cold water conditions. But the water slapped him in the ear and broke his eardrum. That's right. Yeah, he was throwing up while he was swimming. Yeah. Well, this is just honestly, it's just a, sickening for me to hear because I remember watching that, and I remember the years after when the same little thing would happen to Orlando Trejo, and I remember other years where certain athletes would win the CrossFit Games despite not being able to do one rep of a single workout later in the weekend. And the yeah. inconsistency of that, I don't, I don't really agree with. Um, one year, Neil Maddox got, got <clears throat> stung. Sorry, Brian, to change the subject. And um, uh, Neil Maddox got stung by jellyfish. And I actually filmed the whole fucking thing, like when he came out and everything. And then my audio was fucked up, so I couldn't use it in the behind the scenes. But he got worked by a jellyfish. It was during the rehearsal when they took they, the, the night before yeah. when they took all the athletes out to the ocean. And I think while he was out there, he got worked by a jellyfish. I need to have him on the podcast. He'd be a good interview. Yeah, he's awesome. Hey, do you remember in, in 2010, there was a, a workout um, in the stadium 
that was uh, power cleans and ring handstand pushups. Yeah. Um, and 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 at, at the time it was I, th- I want to say it was 185 power uh, pound power cleans. Uh, 205. Oh, 205. Okay. Um, and I'm at handstand pushups, ring handstands, power cleans. Like that was a wheelhouse for me. I was looking at that just saying like Chris Spieler was standing next to me during the announcement. And he was like, wow, this is, it's pretty good for you. Um, so I, I get my, my hopes up. I go out there on the floor and, um, the way I've always done ring handstand pushups is that the rings are at belly button height and you kick up into the rings and then you come all the way down. So you, your hands are down by your shoulders and then press all the way out. So it would be a deficit ring handstand pushup. The way they had the rings set up at the games was that they were set up about an inch off the floor. So it, it, there was nowhere to go. You just kind of like came down, banged your oh. head. It, it just wasn't the way I practiced it. Never done it before. Um, have never done it since. But I ended up getting a DNF on that workout. I okay. do remember. Okay. Now, do you remember coming up to me underneath the stadium? I mean, after I had a fucking meltdown, like an epic meltdown where I just, I didn't even know what to do. Um, you came over. Do you remember what you said to me? No. Okay. You sat is it down. In the behind the, is it in the behind the scenes? I don't know. I don't know. No. Such a, this is, it's very powerful. Okay. You sit down right across from me and you just said, Rob, Here's what you got to do now. You have to mentally unfuck yourself. Oh, yes, I do remember this. And I'm like, that was it. It, it actually worked. I, I just, you got to remove, okay, instant amnesia. That's just gone. It's over there somewhere. And I'm just going to move forward. And in 2010, I was able to, the, the goal for me going into that weekend and, and that competition was to be in the last heat on the last day, still competing. Um, and I was in the final heat on the final day, right next to Kalipa, doing rope climbs and the, all this shit over the walls and all with the DNF. Yeah, with the DNF on a workout that he probably could have taken top five, if not one, if he'd. I mean, it's one of those things. Like, obviously, if you can do the deficit parallel, the deficit ring, deficit ring handstand pushups, you can do the other one. But you never practiced it, you know. Yeah. And it's almost and it, it's 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 in a weird way. It's almost like froning. It's like yeah, he could climb the rope. He just never had it. He never practiced it. He didn't know he yeah. should be practicing that. Yep. And it's kind of, you know, even fast forward to this year at the games. Sure. Most of the people competing at the games this year probably have practiced freestanding handstand pushups. They probably haven't practiced it walking forward and then showing control, coming back down into the bottom of the tripod position. Yeah. But if you have that same event next year at the games, people are going to blitz through it. Yeah. Well, and that, that, go ahead. Well, I was going to say in 2010, I had never climbed rope. I, I never, we didn't have one to climb. And Tommy Hackenbrook showed me how to climb rope underneath the stadium before we went out. Wait, didn't it show Rich? <laughs> <laughs> that, that handstand, that handstand ring handstand was like the, um, I haven't seen anything like that um, ex- since uh, then when we saw the women try to climb the pegboards that one year. Yeah. I mean, people were flailing. Yeah, it was, it was weird. They, they found a way around it though, right? Where <clears> they would, they would arch their back like a, a U, that's right. It was, right? they turned it into a bench press. Right. And then they would do like an inclined bench press and then straighten their legs out at the top. Um, yeah. So they, they, they found a workaround. Has that ever been in the games again since then, Brian? Yeah. Yeah. 2016, the separator workout and they had the women low by the mats, like six inches off the mats, but the men had to do a muscle up first 
get into the top position and then flip their legs upside down about, I don't know, 10 feet off the mats. Yep. It was pretty crazy. Wow. But Rob would have been better in that one. Yeah, I've, I've actually that. done that. I, I, I practiced that, actually. Um, uh, R- Rob, tell me, um, I, I, what are the origins of the pig? I, I saw on your Instagram that you you that's your thing. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that. So, uh, you know, going back to the pig, for anybody that doesn't know what that is, it's, it's been in the games a bunch of times at this point. Um, but the, the original one, uh, Brian, what, do you remember what year that was? The burden run? Uh, the, the pig. Um, but was the burden run the first time that they did it? Uh, yeah, that sounds right. <clears throat> Burden Run should have been 2013. Okay. So um, the pig, I, I wanted um, something that would mimic a tire flip, but it was scalable, measurable, and repeatable. So the, the problem with, um, let's look at barbells, right? I, if, if I'm in New York or California or Asia or Australia, right? I can say put 225 pounds in your bar and do 10 power cleans, right? And it's, it's scalable, measurable, and repeatable. We know that we can, we can replicate that across all, wherever you are. The problem with a tire flip is that nobody has access to my tire except the people in my gym. So it becomes a, it's a real problem, right? Like I can say flip a 500 pound tire, but yours might be 520. Mine might be 540. Mine has good grip. Yours has shitty grip, right? So it's not scalable, measurable, and repeatable. So I wanted to make a, uh, a, a device that would mimic flipping a tire that was scalable, measurable, and repeatable. So I, had a, a, I drew it up on a piece of paper. Yeah, there it is. I drew it up on a piece of paper. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. That's the original pig? Sorry to that's interrupt you. That's the original. That's, that was the, one of the first test days, yeah. And someone, you tested it with all that shit on there? I wanted to see if it would break. <laughs> are there are there collars on that? No. That's why they cut the video off. As soon as he dumps it down, the plates just all explode. Yeah. And <laughs> off. Uh, how many? Those are forty fives on there. No, I think those were, we went up twenty five pounds at a clip, just seeing like it, it, loading them in different places to see if it would feel weird if it was more on this side or that side and. You know, so I think we just kept adding and adding and adding as we were going. And someone made that by hand that's hand welded. Yeah. So there's a company in Milford, Connecticut. Um, and I gave this guy the drawings. Um, my brother is a, a structural engineer and he introduced me to this guy that said, Hey, this, this company, you know, that we work with all the time, they can weld whatever you want. So if you have something, go ahead and give it to him. So I gave him some drawings and he welded up the, the first little, um, iteration and then, as soon as I saw it in person, I was like, okay, well, the, the dimensions are right. It actually feels good, but we needed like we needed to give room for somebody to put their fingers underneath it. Uh, so we had to put these rails on it, and we had to make a couple of little changes. Um, and then I, I posted up a video, and um, I sent it to Bill at Rogue, and I said, hey, what do you think of this? Uh, is this something that we could make modular and then sell? Um and he said um, he passed on it, and uh, I was over because of gym. shipping. Is it a shipping issue? I don't know. I mean, it, it, he just he just passed. Um, okay. But I was <laughs> I was over in Germany. Uh, oh, let's revisit the legends event. I want to say something else about that. Okay, so you're in Germany. So I'm in Germany, and my phone rings, and it's Dave Castro, uh, and Dave says, "Hey, um, I saw that 
that that flipper thing that you you made? And I said, yeah. Um, he goes, that's the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen, and we're going to use that at the games. Is that okay? I was like, yeah. Uh, um, so they he went to to Bill and contracted to have uh, the the green ones built. Wow. And they've never been sold, though, right? Pass on that, huh? Yeah. So, so they, they've never been sold. And the reason why they were never sold is because there was a company called Milo Flipper, M-I-L-O Flipper, um, that reached out to Rogue after the games and said um, they, they gave him a cease and desist because they said that we were getting too close to their – they were infringing on our, their patent. Um, the, and so Bill says, hey, what do you think of this? And I was like, well, I, up until right now, I've never seen that thing. And it costs like three or $4,000. I said, how many of these do you think they've sold? Is it like the single digits? I mean, what, who, who the hell is going to go spend three or four grand on that thing when you can go get tires for next to nothing? But, uh, I, they make all reason, sorts of weird shit. Have you seen this tire flip thing that they make? The half tire? Yeah. Yeah, that's stupid. It does look stupid. I have to yeah. tell you, what is this Milo flipper? I'm looking at it. That thing doesn't look like it would last outside at the ranch. Uh, that that uh, it's just not the kind of thing that anybody with any sense is going to buy, right? Because it's it's so absurdly expensive for what it is. Man, but, but that, we were never that, able to that green um, flip sled that they used for the burner run, they so they've never used it again at the games. Is no. it because of that? They made an, another evolution of it later on. Right. They gave it some padding. They covered it up. You know, they, they called it the pig um, at, in that first event, but then it's it's slowly gotten a little bit softer. The idea is there and the functionality is there. Um, yeah, I mean. So this is, the, the, this is the thing that they said they had a patent for and you were getting too close to it? Yeah. Dude, if this thing got flipped around outside, I think maybe it would take on, I think the ranch would eat this in a week. <laughs> yeah, it's just, Guys, technique stinks. And then the the one that they made in um, 2015 for uh, with the with the red padding, etc. Mm -hmm. That one could be purchased. That one, um, I don't know if that's a competition only thing. I've never, I don't think I've seen it on their site. It might yeah, be competition I, only. Yeah, I mean, I know that that Matt Fraser was able to get one after the games that year and practice. Of course, but, but I don't know if it was if anyone could just buy one or not. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's actually on their site or if it's just a. Uh, and now there is actually a company called Flip Sled, yeah, or something that um, that uh, you know makes something similar. Yeah, the the, the funny thing is that um, a, a couple different companies from around the world, obviously they don't have to worry about our patent and trademark laws. Um, they replicated the the flip the the pig, uh, the original pig. Uh, they basically just took the design of having that six by six beam down the middle, which posts and, you know, so they, it is being sold worldwide, but it's not one of those things that it's being sold. Dude, you know, this is one of those tools that you eventually end up regretting buying. Oh. I hate to say it. This thing sits at your, this is like. It, here's the thing. Okay. It, yeah, it unless is, you, unless you, it, oh, the Dallas Cowboys don't buy one of those. It's just not, it's not a thing that, especially at that price point, like at the Milo flipper, right? If you're talking three or $4,000 as a gym owner, that's 10 barbells, 10 good barbells, right? Like yeah. why in the world would you buy a, a, a 
a piece of equipment that costs that much that only serves one person at a time if you own a gym. And if you're and if you're working out on your own, why in the world would you invest that kind of money on a on a on a thing where you could go to a junkyard and get a tire for free? It just doesn't make any sense. Right. I agree about the tire thing for sure. Rob, where can we buy your apparel? Your site doesn't have anything but bucket hats. <laughs> yeah, um, we're we're actually working on some apparel. Um, we've got a we've got a new shirt that we're just about to launch. I'm just waiting for the the, the original order to come in from my printer. Um, but it's pretty simple design. It's the one that you just uh, we sent you the design. It's mandate exercise. Um, you know, in, in, in light of all the different mandates that we're seeing these days. Um, Wait, who? Oh, you say, oh, I wish that oh, they had extra mandated exercise, Rob. Yeah. I keep, I always, you know, I don't say it too often, but I thought it would have been cool if instead of the second stipend check, they just sent everyone an assault bike and you had to enter in your social security number and log two hours a week. Otherwise you got to fine. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things that um, it, it seems counterintuitive, counterproductive that um, it, with, with an illness that we know attacks people who are out of shape with comorbidities and obese, um, that we would close down all the gyms. Um, it just doesn't seem all that intuitive. But you know what? If you close down all the gyms and also send everyone an assault bike that they have to use. How much is an assault bike? I don't know. 900 bucks. Pretty close to the stipend check. I don't care if it's an assault bike, echo bike, concept two bike, whatever. Just... Why, why is that not a priority if, if yeah. we're dealing with this, like you say? Hey, for it's crazy. How, it, oh, but so we know, to, we know the answer to, to that to question, the, of course. To get back to the, the, the apparel, sorry, that guy's question. Um, hybridathletics.com, um, and that's where we're going to start pushing more apparel, but that's where you can get the, all the other things that we're, we have, the, the barbell brushes and the stone molds and all the other stuff. For a hundred billion dollars, you can buy every uh, family. Hey, that barbell brush that you guys make is incredible. By the way, we just got one at the gym, like literally last week, and we had these little rogue brushes before. Yes. This thing is like, I mean, hundred times better. Well, thank you, thank you. I'm Wait, why do you it. say that? Why do you say it's better? Why? Why? It's just more effective. It's easier to use. It gets more. It covers more surface area at one time. It molds to the barbell because you can like you know, cuff it around like that. And if you, you I mean. Some of our barbells are or are old and you know whatever. But if you use this on a new barbell, like you chalk up however much you want, you do your Olympic lifting, whatever it is, you take that out afterwards, and it looks pretty much good as new. So uh, Brian, do you have? Um, did you get the steel or the nylon bristles? Nylon. Okay, and you have some old barbells that have rust on them. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna let me send you a steel one because you can make those old oxidized barbells. You can actually make them brand new. With the like seal, literally, they will look like they're brand new. Damn. Yeah. Well, anyway, this the I haven't used the seal one yet, but I would love to try it out. But the nylon one, super effective, and I would highly recommend it if you're looking to maintain the quality of your barbell over time. Yeah, that was a an interesting project for me. Like you can see me there, I'm scrubbing a kettlebell, just like taking the the surface crap off of it, and that's with a steel brush. What um, if you have really bad acne? Can you use that on your face? I think or you on should. Your back? I think you absolutely should <laughs> on your back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, if you, if you've got a bar, if you live in a place like Florida uh, where it's, it's high humidity and things just rust over the, the steel bristle brush will like, you can see me there. That's a Castro bar. 
Um, and that thing just sits in my garage. So it's exposed to everything. Dude, um, imagine that rust dust you're breathing in right there. I hope you're yeah, holding your breath. It's good for you. He, I'm surprised he's not wearing one of his five masks. No, I had right. a KN95 in my, my pocket, but I forgot to put it on. <laughs> he's a cig- he broke off the cigarette off a he broke the filter off a cigarette and he's just breathing through the filter right there. So take a look. You just wipe that down and that surface rust is completely gone. And then you put some three in one oil on it and that thing is as good as new. Seven, I, I actually I have to get going, but um you should post this comment that Bailey just put up. It's a it's a pretty good one. Um Rob, dude, it was great to see you, man. I'm I'm pretty bummed that you, not to have Waza strong this year, but hopefully in the future. Well, thank you so much. It was it was good talking to you and good catching up. All right. Seven, I'll just catch up with you later. Okay. Yeah. Um, See you guys. Okay. Bye. Uh, I started CrossFit in 2010 when I was 15. Around that time, I saw Rob do grace at 300 pounds, and I thought he was the strongest man in the world. He, he what? What do you mean you thought? He was. <laughs> thank you, Bailey. Um, it was uh, – that was one of those things that um, <clears throat> it was at regionals one year. You had to do – a three rep max clean and jerk from the ground. You had seven minutes and you had unlimited attempts to get three um, from, and from when you started, you had 40 seconds to actually complete three lifts. Um, And I went out and I think I I took the best score at 285. So I I knew that I I had taken the top spot, but um, I really wanted to try 300 to see if I can get 300 for three in, um, in 40 seconds. And, um, there's a good video of that on YouTube. That is, it's probably in the, in the top two or three for me in terms of my athletic, um, highlight reel. Uh, but I was able to do 300 for three, but that all that did was kind of give me this, uh, put this question in my mind, like, could you do 30 reps at 300 pounds? Like, could that, is that possible? Um, at, at a body weight of like 185, 190 at the time, um, could you continue to do this over and over? Um, so over the course of the next two years, I, I played around with bu- a bunch of different workouts that kind of led me to it. Um, and then one day I just decided, all right, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get after this thing. And, um, I did the first five really fast, like the first five in, in, in a minute. Um, and then obviously slowed down quite a bit. Um, and then I think I got to rep 27. And then I missed 28, I missed 28, I missed 28. And I was like, in my head, I'm having a a conniption because I'm like, what if I can, I I can't finish this. I'm never going to do this again. Right. Um, But I end up eventually getting 28, 29, I finished 30. Um, And it it took me forever. It took me, I don't know, probably 25 minutes or so. I I don't know. I don't know how long it took. Um, and since then, there are guys who've done it in, you know, six minutes, seven minutes. I don't know what the, the score is. Really? There's yeah. someone who's done grace in, in seven minutes with 300 pounds? Yeah. I, like, I know that when I when that video video was originally posted, um, and Jordan Gravat, shout out to Jordan, like good buddy. Um, he made the video that went along that CrossFit posted up. Um, people came out of the woodworks like, Oh, I can do that. I can do that. You know, it's like, great. You can do that. You've got a 500 pound clean and jerk and that's terrific. But you know, like the whole idea behind CrossFit is that it's not, you're not supposed to be a specialist. You're supposed supposed to be a generalist. And, and 
like, yeah, I can, I did 300 pounds for 30 reps, but I, at the time I was running a six minute mile and I could, I could do 50 consecutive pull-ups. Like, you know, there's, so right. It's not, but, and, and all that, whatever. And people just love hashtag eat. CrossFit. Yeah. So, um, but I've seen videos of people doing it like more specialist guys. There's a, there's a wall street, um, wall street Olympic lifter or wall street power lifter. He's on Instagram. I know he recently did Isabel at three thirty uh, with 330 pounds. Um, that's at, 30 snatches for time, 30 snatches at 330 pounds. Um, so now it's, you know, what was really impressive 10 years ago is just not that impressive anymore. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm sure probably people were doing that shit also too. It's just also now everything's just taped. Yeah. I mean, everything's recorded. I mean, you're recording in 4k with your, I mean the, the iPhones, if you have adequate lighting, the iPhone is nuts. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, Rob, thank you. This was, this was way too long. I, um, originally when I very first started the CrossFit podcast and I was thinking about doing it and and Dave was encouraging me to do it. I remember just rehearse. I was always thinking I wanted Rob Orlando to be my very first guest on that show. And I can just remember like a thousand times, not a thousand times, but dozens of times practicing interviewing you in the shower. And then you, and then I, for some reason I never invited you or you never came on that show. And, uh, and then the other day, George DM me and I was like, holy shit. No, <laughs> Rob so was supposed cool. to be the first guest I ever had. And the reason why I picked you, cause I knew you'd be so fucking easy. You're like, you're like Josh Bridges to me. It's a fucking slam dunk. You're like one of my favorite people in the world. I can just hang with you. Like we could, we could fly to the moon and be in the seats next to each other for three years and just chill. Yeah. Same thing. Sevon. like when I, um, um, George re- grabbed me the other day and said, Hey, I just reached out to Sevon. I'm going to send him some stuff. And, um, I was, it just, I told you in our text message, I was like, you know, I heard your name and it just, it kind of made me happy all over again. Um, and I, you know, then getting on the, the show, it's, it's awesome. And, you know, you and I, I don't know if you remember this, but I flew out to California and I did a podcast with you that never aired. Do you remember that? No, that was on the CrossFit podcast. So you actually on came Cross- on. I was one of the last guys to come out and do that. Oh and yeah. Like our last. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I, I don't remember that, but our that was a really tough time for me. Yep. There was some brutal shit going down at CrossFit. That was the, the first iteration of brutal shit. Um, and basically, we had Buddy Leon, which was an in, amazing podcast. I guess we had you on. There were like 10 there that never aired that were so awesome. Yeah. It was, I'm so yeah. sorry that you made the trip. That sucks. You flew yeah. all the way out there, and it never happened. It, 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 it's, we got to spend a couple hours together and I'm sure we, we did more stuff than just the podcast. So, but look at any time, anytime there's an excuse for you and me to get together and shoot the shit, let's always do that. Awesome. All right, dude, have a great day. You too. Enjoy. I'm going.